Um, 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 this is me, la la la. No, it's too, too, uh, hi, la la, ha ha, blah la. I don't make any of these noises when no. we're podcasting. Maybe you should. Maybe you should go la la la, la la la, la 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 la. Do you uh, do you think do you think that is if I did that that would be more what people want from me? What la la la? Possibly. You got a jazz mouth. But that. Sounds like a uh, occupational hazard condition that people in the sex industry get. <laughs> I would have thought, um, isn't it, uh, people who make ready roll joints? That too. Jazz cigarettes. Yeah, they get, they get jazz jazz mouth from all the gum. I've uh, I've got jazz mouth from. Do you know? I am still not sure where I where my sense of humour is mm. with um, with sex workers. Because I that that is one area where I most surprised myself. You don't know whether you should go up and, and make jokes with them. No, just my um, uh, I that was one of the things where when I read back mm. stuff that I used to uh, write. Mm-hmm. Um, because generally, in terms of race and uh, 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 sexuality. And uh, sexual identity was an area that uh, I know I never quite understood, mm. but that I understood enough to know that I didn't really think it was mm-hmm. it was fair game. Yeah. But when I read back at old stuff, the trope of like the old the whole dead hooker trope mm-hmm. is something that would have come up ten years ago. I didn't okay. find it. It wasn't like Grand Theft Auto level hilarious. Mm-hmm. But it was something that I was quite casual. That was just—I think everyone. I think it's just a thing. I think there's like um, there's a. I was watching a Johnny Carson from 1977. And there was quite a, a, a section of his monologue was about uh, prostitutes. And I think I think the thing is that that I think in my yeah I I, I think in my head, um, and it's not like any of these things aren't mm. like on uh, uh, fodder for comedy. Mm. There are still plenty of people willing to make comedy. Comedy. There are still plenty mm. of people willing to make jokes about all of these things. But yeah. for me personally, um, I think maybe I was making a distinction in my head between well, it's an occupation, like yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, all of the other things are things that people don't choose, and this is actually an occupation and blah. And it's weird that I still feel that I still don't have a problem with, even though there are probably mental health implications. Mm. We still refer to going postal. I don't really think twice about, like, I'm not joking about spree mm-hmm. killings, but 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 sort of that that idea that you would get so like upset at work or whatever that you would go on a rampage or something. It's just something that like generally quite casual as a culture we're generally more casual mm. about even though we understand the implications but for um yeah but the the fact of the matter is that women in um sex work mm-hmm. are at so much higher risk 
of I guess because in most of these other areas when we talk about parking meter attendance or whatever when we slag off a lot of these other industries or people who work in them or make jokes at their expense normally we're talking about something inherently difficult they are normally the victimizers if you see it's normally we're normally talking about something awful that they do I don't know traffic wardens are pretty high risk occupation in terms yeah. of assault yeah, I know that's true, and um, and and a lot of the comedy around them is about awful things happening to them. But like most of the comedy around occupations is normally about oh, accountants are assholes or whatever. Um, whereas nearly all of the jokes about sex work, oh, sex workers, you know what they are, don't you? They're people that are prepared to have sexual intercourse in exchange for not all of them goods or services. But who are, yeah. I mean, if most of the jokes were about were like that, mm. maybe that would be fine. But nearly all of them are the sex worker is you very do, definitely... You do know that if someone's giving sex and there's no transaction involved, that's just sex. Yeah. It's not, you don't have to add the work bit. Not not every act of sex is sex work. Do you, do you like, oh, it's Tuesday night, darling, shall we go up and do some sex work? Not every act of, not every sex work is about actual, like, fucking with another person either. No. Some of it's just stripping up on a stage. Sure. It's a very broad church, church of sex it's work, isn't it? It's a very broad it? church of sex work. Is someone who writes a Very broad church of sex work. Is it a broad church of sex work? It's not, it's racist when you do it. Is it? No, it's not, it's fine. Because um, uh, I know some Greek people. Uh, and I wasn't doing Greek anyway. It was, <laughs> oh, that's it, okay. Then. It was Turkish. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so you'll probably be all right with that. Um, uh, how about people who write erotic literature? I think you can do their accents if you want. I don't okay. know exactly how that would go. You're oh, I love writing erotic literature. Are you, uh, are you, is this, because I know that one of the things you love the most of mm. all things at the moment, possibly uh, possibly a thing that you love just underneath, mm. just above your love of doing this podcast, which is yeah. called Two Grown Men, oh, yeah. uh, that uh, you can listen to all the past episodes of at twogrownmen.net now. I right. accidentally didn't pay right, the slick. domain last week. And Brilliant. There were, there were a couple of days when it was... No, I I'm pay, still paying for a domain we don't fucking use. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh. I don't know why I do that. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and there's a Twitter account at 2GM Pod. You can uh, obviously rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, and there's also a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TOTP to hmm. support this and we have issues. But um, just uh, below... Uh, and it's about parenting. Uh, ostensibly about parenting. Ostensibly means not really... Apparently, that's what that means in the Oxford English Dictionary. But you don't want to take the piss out of the Oxford English Dictionary because dictionaries are getting a bit mouthy on social media these days. Yeah, fuck you up, the Oxford English Dictionary. Yeah. It's very punchy after dark. Um, I call it OED. Yes, because... Old. That's I call quite, it old because we're mates. It's quite pretentious. Yeah, it is. Um, but, yeah, I think just above how much you love doing Two Grown Men... Right. Uh, but just below how much you love uh, your family, yeah. Okay. Who uh, who you talk about sometimes on this podcast? Pretty fond of them. Yeah, uh, that it is your love of uh, Chuck Tingle, isn't it? Oh, I do like Chuck Tingle. <laughs> you love Chuck I Tingle. I fucking love Chuck Tingle. Have you read any of his stuff, or do you just love his personality? I just love his personality. I would like to read some of his stuff, but it's all on Kindle, and I don't have a Kindle. He's one of those people who turned out to be like he's like um, that guy John Lewis. Hmm. Not the not the, uh, the the senator, you mean? Not the senator, the other one. 
who people kept tweeting at him uh, support queries for John Lewis that Brilliant. he's an American guy. But the senator? No, he isn't the senator. The senator's a, a black guy. This yeah. is a white guy. All right, so just a guy called John Lewis. Yeah, but people kept uh, kept, people kept tweeting mm. like comments about John Lewis the chain at him, and he he's very uh, like kind-hearted about how he responds. It's really nice. Do you think like there's there's women like there must be an Elizabeth Duke on Twitter? Who's Elizabeth? What's Elizabeth Duke? Isn't it his uh, jewelry? Isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, well, I guess. An H. Samuel. There must be an it's H. Probably Samuel. an H. Samuel. Why are you talking about jewellery? Safeway. I'm just thinking about people who might have names that people might accidentally tweet oh, at. Oh, yeah. Fuck, mate. I'm talking about the same thing you're talking like about. J. H. Sainsbury. Keep up. Yeah, Jake. Well, they, there are a family called because yeah. it was a man, wasn't it? Wasn't that the case with H. Samuels, though? Aren't most of the places no, that are named after I've, people, weren't they? No, like Frankie and Benny's. Frankie and Benny never fucking existed, did they? That, wasn't it Benny from Crossroads? <laughs> it was. It was uh, Frankie Sinatra and Benny from Crossroads yeah. went in business together. All, all of those people in the seventies and eighties hung out. I'm really distressed. Frankie and Benny's are close to going to the wall, and I friggin' love a Frankie and Benny's breakfast. That's like nothing mm. is sacred anymore. That's like uh, Great British Bake Off or GBBO, as well, I call breaking, it. Going to Channel. F- breaking news as we got in here. Mel and Sue will not be on the Channel 4 series. You happy capitalism? You've fucking broken the bake-off! That is some bullshit. Fuck you, capitalism. The, um, I was gonna say that I find the uh, aggression of the response to the BBC Mm. by people in this country really, really bizarre. Mm. I was gonna say how bizarre I find that because it seems odd that, like... You, as, as most countries seem to have some sort of state uh, media, like state-endorsed media, don't they? Yeah. And as most countries do that anyway, um, it's nice that ours is actually... The propaganda wing of the government. Well... I mean, the, uh, the an, an independent... Relatively, relatively like making populist stuff. As yeah, well. I mean they all, they all like we've spoken to before. They're fucking lazy. Mm. Yeah, well, they're lazy when it comes to news and stuff like that. Mm. Definitely, but like, yeah, I. So I've always, I've always found it weird how antagon, antagonistic the relationship that some people who probably mm. vote for the, the like current government, who don't have any problem with government really. Mm. But have a huge problem with it, and I always found that strange. And I was going to comment on it, and then I remembered that uh, we apparently get bitchy about actually having a health service that we just get as part of. Mm. Like, apparently, people are divided on whether or not that's a thing that they want. So it, maybe it isn't that weird and controversial that people are think, funny about having think, the BBC. I think people, um, selfish people, get more upset about the fact that they have to pay to have it provided to other people rather than getting it themselves. Yeah. Do you mean the NHS or... Yeah, the NHS specifically. Don't, I mean, yeah... And the BBC, all public services. People who don't like public services, the reason they don't like it is because they're paying money as they see it to go towards something that benefits others. And they don't give a shit about it generally. I think I think that's the case for a lot Usually of people. Usually because they're all right and they're not but Yeah. Because, like, fuck society. I, I think... I don't know if everyone's that philosophical about it. I think that's the case for a lot of people. Mm. I think a lot of other people 
just don't even think in those terms. They don't even they don't yeah, even think in right. those terms. I think they think, well, I hardly ever go to the fucking doctor. What am I paying all these taxes for? I, or I've got, I don't. I will not pay for the te- television license because I only watch stuff on ITV. I, I've got I've got an example that I heard on Radio Four yesterday, and it was someone talking about Brexit. Uh, it was a. Uh, a lady who I believe was Polish, mm-hmm. and she spoke to her elderly neighbour about why he voted out, and he said, because they haven't raised my pension. Yeah. yeah. People do, don't understand how the no. fucking world works, That's what even I mean. on I, a fundamental fucking basis. I don't think... Um, I, yeah, and that's I what work I mean. with some of them. Yeah, no, I know. And that's why, that's why I don't think... Um, I think it's one of the... It always it always sounds like I'm trying to tone police people, although I've hardly been on social media recently. I know, and tone's like. getting really stressed out. About but it, it. It, 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 I know it seems like I'm trying to uh, tone police people a lot when I talk about how um, progressive people and how the left reacts to things. But more than anything, it's more than anything. What bothers me is how consistently outmaneuvered people on the left are by the 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 latest the thing that. Um, I, I, after three paragraphs on a Facebook, in a Facebook comment, I realised that maybe I was more angry about it than uh, maybe I was taking it out on the wrong people. After but there writing was, the first chapter of my Facebook comment, but there was something. Um, it, it was something to do with it was the sun. And to be fair, a friend of mine had it all covered. Had exactly my point of view covered. It was somebody was sharing a thing from the Sun, and we've seen loads of this post uh, post the EU referendum vote, mm. where um, they shared something from the Sun. With it was the headline, um, and it was calling uh, I think France and Germany selfish mm. because they were going to they weren't going to let us have free movement. Yeah, quite right, and. Um, and the sun was the sun was the headline was they're selfish and blah blah blah, and the person sharing it on Facebook was sharing it uh, as part of a, it. It was being shared by um, some uh, you know I fucking love progressive thinking mm. group on Facebook or something. I bet that's exactly what they call. Yeah, uh, I fucking love progressives, um, and. Uh, and it was it was taking it entirely at face value and going, oh, you can't do, you can't force people to vote, you fucking idiots, what did you think you were voting for and blah, blah, blah. And it's like literally the smartest people, the smartest professional people working in the last year in politics and media have been the people working for The Sun, The Mail and the people running the Brexit campaign because... They aren't. You can't. If it, uh, the they know they know that what they're saying isn't consistent with mm. what they were saying a year ago, but they don't care because they know that their readers aren't going to remember. And it isn't just right wing people who are well, like that. It isn't. It isn't just conservative people who think like that because people on the left think racism was to, solved well, by going no, on a couple of marches to, the week to, following it. To so. be fair, the, the Sun is written to an editorial diktat, mm. so they fit stories that that fit the editorial diktat. People writing it probably don't believe it. I think I, I but, but think they don't. But they're doing what they're told to do by the people who pay their wages, much like I do every day at work. And it's been pretty much working fine mm. for them because um, because the general public won't call them on it, and mm. the, and the the it's because people's memories are so short. And mm-hmm. and like I said, it isn't it isn't specifically a conservative. 
a conservative member of the public thing that people's memories are so short? I don't think it's the shortness of memories. I think they're able to tap into a sense of disenfranchisement Mm. and of anger because... We live in a world where we know more than ever, and I think I think for many of us, we're kind of overloaded with information and 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 don't trust people who are giving us information anymore. And, and they seem to arrange all of that information to some sort of conspiracy against, from what I can make out. Well, I think there's a bit. I think there's a bit of that. But people do know that they voted. People would know if they remembered that they voted to be out of that institution. Yeah, but some people don't know why they voted. They no, don't. I know. They. they, they, they which was what my example was illustrating people genuinely don't know what they were voting for some of them it was a it was a protest vote against the general sense it's the same reason why trump has gained so much popularity everything he he says is if you read it back it's fucking nonsense yeah he reads like a fucking edward lear fucking poem i read it well not not quite that entertaining but but what he does is he he manages to tap into something that people don't feel they can articulate you know but it's it's emotion based as well if they if they can articulate it they feel they're not allowed yeah and it's but it's emotion it's emotion based stuff that they're tapping into so it doesn't have any narrative cohesion and you could do the same thing well you can i think Mm -hmm. although i can't really like that you would probably find the same things going on on the left around mm-hmm. Corbyn but the around thing- the, the sides no. around Corbyn and stuff like that the people who are pro him mm. will believe pretty much anything or support pretty mm-hmm. much anything that supports that and 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 the opposite is also true mm. and it's my point is it's a human it's kind of a human nature thing that when you when you're playing to people's mm. emotions you you can be as inconsistent as you want mm. as long as the thing has an emotional resonance to yeah. it which is what you're mm-hmm. saying yeah, absolutely. it doesn't matter but the thing that um that bo- it has started bothering me mm. about it is that and i guess it start you know i'm not really i'm probably being a consistent and be annoy annoyingly persistent about it the um because I'm not really saying anything I haven't been saying for a while. But at this point, whenever anyone I know posts something angry mm. that responds to something someone in, insane or inconsistent mm. on the right has said uh, in good faith, mm. uh, taking it at face value or taking mm. it at good faith, it irritates me way more than the thing itself does. Because mm. I'm like, well, of course the sun's saying that. The sun's saying that because it, they know that, that the people it will piss off the way it's pissing you off aren't buying their paper anyway mm. and they know they can get away with it the other pe- with the other people but the reason the sun keeps winning and the reason brexit keeps winning is because like they understand more about the way people's brains work mm-hmm. and can speak more to people's hearts and fears and stuff and mm. fears and stuff like that than the people against them can yeah and it doesn't matter how many times this lesson is proved to us, this fact is proved mm-hmm. to us, people still keep doing the, the same thing. They keep reacting exactly the same way. They keep sharing, oh, you fucking idiots. You were, you were telling everyone mm. they should vote to be out of the blah, 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 blah. And it's like, mm. you're, you're literally, you, they, they know. They know. The sun knows what they're doing. They know. Well, I think, I think what gets me is when you do that, you're talking to people who are angry, who are, angry, mm. who are disenfranchised and have trouble articulating mm. why that is. Mm. Talking down to them 
isn't going to make them think that your side is the one that's supporting them if they're mm. feeling fucking patronised, regardless of how much actually you claim to want to. And this is what I'm getting a little bit confused by some of the, the very arch left as well. It's, mm. it's but fucking it t- bizarre. But you start, you start to realise that the left has mm. always been this arch. I mean, certainly something I've come to realise is um, Jeremy Corbyn is an avatar for a socialist revolution, which this country is in no way ready for hmm. you know it's it's um i'm a member of the labor party um and i had i had the opportunity to vote and i did vote and jeremy corbyn um probably when you listen to his policies listen to his ideas he's probably as close to my political way of thinking because I, I, I'm reasonably hard left in terms of what I'd like to see I would like to see what I consider to be a much fairer society I'd like to see the state in control of means of production and so forth, you know, blah 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 all that sort of good clause for stuff I don't trust momentum I don't trust the people around him and I think Owen Smith is an oily fuck mm-hmm but um, I think I mentioned it here. I had a conversation with my dad, uh, my dad, my father-in-law. He may as well be my dad. He's a, he's been um, my father figure for the last sort of uh, what twenty-five years now. So not me then. No, you're not my father figure, Nick. Uh, I be my, your father figure. No, you're kind of my uh, big sexy bear. Well, no, little bear cub. Kind of really just all I want to do, Nick, is all you up and fuck you. And that's all you are to me, really. I could be your father figure. I could be the one who loves you. Yeah. Something, something. Put your tiny hand in mine. Love you till the end of time. So I was talking to my... uh, We can really sing. Yeah, really. So I was talking to my uh, father-in-law, and he's been a Labour Party supporter and member for many, many years. He used to go out campaigning, um, certainly when John Denham first won his seat in Southampton Test. He, he, it was quite funny. I remember I just started seeing Nicola. Um, so this must be what night? The we had an election in ninety one, ninety two, didn't we? I'd not been seeing Nicola very long anyway, a couple of years maybe. And I remember his car had the big um, megaphones on the top that he was driving John Denham around in. And I spoke to him about it, and he he stated his case that you know he, he what his concern was Jeremy Corbyn didn't follow the policies laid down in the NEC, which you know, was voted for for a democratic process by the members of the party. Is the when people say the NEC and I literally don't know, oh. is it something that happened in Birmingham? Is no, it the no, NEC no, in it's Birmingham? The National Executive Committee. Right, okay. <clears throat> so I've never known that. Yeah. So it's the executive committee that that basically represents members uh, of the Labour Party and they pass policy, voted for by members at conference. And the leader is meant to respect that. And certainly I felt Tony Blair wasn't, and that's why I gave up my Labour Party membership uh, during Tony Blair's administration. I felt that he was no longer adhering to um, the the democratic principles of the Labour Party. So my father-in-law pointed out to me that he didn't feel that Jeremy Corbyn was democratic and he said that the Labour Party is and it says on the membership card a socialist democratic party so I don't think Jeremy Corbyn is right for the country at the moment I don't think Owen Smith is right for the country but I think uh, I think Jeremy Corbyn is dangerously divisive in a political party at the moment 
and I've realised that if I want a socialist revolution, I shouldn't be trying to do it through the Labour Party. That that comes from elsewhere. The Labour Party is not is not a tool to bring about socialist revolution. You know, it's a political party. It's in the business of of obtaining power. Do you think you're a tool to bring about social revolution? I don't, I don't know. Socialist revolution. No. no. Do you need a tool to bring about socialist revolution? No. No, I know what you mean. I mean, I think that's, I, I, I think was, was going to. I was going to finish off that point by telling yeah. you how I voted, but no. fuck you, I won't now. No, go on. No, no, no that's it. You it's had between, your chance. It's between you and the you ballot had, bollocks. No, I, I didn't vote for uh, Jeremy Corbyn. I, I feel slightly ashamed to say um, I did vote for Owen Smith, uh, the candidate that I liked the least, but the one that I thought was the least divisive and the one least likely to rip apart a political party I care very much about. I think I think it's difficult like it's difficult it's a difficult time mm. because thing everything keeps happening too much. Mm-hmm. And so you're if if we just had the EU mm-hmm. referendum and now everything was about well, I guess that our next election is probably not that far off. Mm. But, like, if we were between elections, if we mm-hmm. were between big votes and big decisions, mm-hmm. my general stance on this, mm-hmm. my general stance before the EU referendum was, well, it just seems to me like what you guys want isn't mm. really you, like, it feels like what happened when the Labour Party got formed mm. or when each of these parties got formed was that the parties that were around at the time weren't really doing what they wanted them to, so they formed... It It feels like at the point... It feels like if you still uh, are... You're still buying the uh, uh, albums of a band, mm-hmm. but all of the original people you liked in the band mm-hmm. and all of the feel of the original band... Say like UB40, for example, or something like that, have have gone and mm. everything's gone. Then maybe what you need to do is find find or well, okay, that's a bad analogy because not everyone can create the new create a new band, and not everyone can create a new political party. No, but if, it's a really bad analogy yeah, when it comes to politics because it's how do you break the inertia yeah, of the status quo? Exactly. I think I think there, I think that Labour has not been what people want what people who want to support Labour have wanted for such a long time... And not since 1945, yeah. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> that, that, like... And I know that people do start... Do keep... The, the mm. problem is... The problem is we still only have two parties that we think mm. are viable and that are viable for an election, and mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a psychology yeah. that we just can't seem to break. But when I hear my, when I hear my friends who support Labour, mm-hmm. whichever side of this argument they're all on, mm. talk about it, I'm just like... It just it just feels like mm. you've been handed a decision that isn't really a decision at all, and I don't mean that the decision is obvious. Mm. I mean that you you've got a choice between no, a, flaw, it's a, shit, a flawed it's a shit pie. Yeah, and and my response to a shit pie generally, mm-hmm. if someone just said, "I've been told I I can either have mm-hmm. uh, a, a pie with shit filling, mm. or I can have a a pie with nice filling mm-hmm. but shit crust, and I have to have." Mm-hmm. Uh, one or the other, I would say you need to find somewhere else to eat. Really, well, but there just isn't that option. What, and well, I, I think I think it's a lesson that I hope I, I'll take it because whoever wins, I'm going to remain a member of the Labour Party, and I do intend to try and get more involved because 
even a right-leaning Labour Party is better than a Tory party, in my opinion. I do not trust the politics of the right. I do not believe in trickle-down economics. I don't believe in advan- you know, giving um, a, a select few advantages others um, can't attain. I don't, I, I don't think it's fair. So, and, so I support either candidate either we way breathe but, a lot, have you noticed yeah but i i don't i don't um i don't want to disengage from politics because i don't think now's the time for people to be disengaging with politics i think actually it's probably more important than ever for people to actually even though it's binary even though it's bullshit even though parties can never really be proper avatars for our hopes and desires all you can do is put yourself in with the uh, the collective that has enough of your sort of ideas mm. that hopefully a democratic process within that party will make it a little more like the way you want it but you know Corbyn's the great leap forward but I just don't think this country's ready for a great leap forward I, I, I just he wasn't he wasn't managing to make it work and i think actually the ub40 thing was such a big embarrassing misstep it's like you're always going to make yourself look like a fucking prick doing well, that well but labor labor have two labor seem to have two it's seem like, to have had two modes for a really long time it's, it's either hilarious gaffes or hmm. right wing politics he might as well have just pinned a kick me fucking sign on himself it was really weird I um I would because because the thing is right. Sorry, how can I'm, he be I'm, a great leap forward if he keeps doing this stuff? How can he? No, be- but I think for people that's what he represents. Yeah. I don't think he's able to achieve it at all. Um, and uh, oh fuck, you know who else people feel that way about? No, Nigel no, Farage. I'm, I'm trying to do rememberings. Nigel Farage. People feel that way about him. Oh no, I'd, I'd, I've I've lost it. Sorry. The the problem is that i guess one of the problems with that is that basically the it seems like the only people who stand any chance of or who are any good at being influential Mm. outside two-party politics Mm. are all on the right wing yeah sure yeah you get sort of like you know um right wing tub thumpers and and a lot a lot of that seems to be down to this Mm -hmm. uh in it inflexibility well no because Nigel Farage isn't isn't at all isn't part of the Conservative Party or the Labour Party but was hugely influential has become hugely yeah, he, influential he taps in we're in we're in a period of flux where where the movement of people has mm. never been as free <laughs> up until recently mm. it's never been as free as it is now and um, peoples and cultures are intermingling mm. both in the real world and online so it's a time of like great social upheaval and on, on a basic level a very tribal level I think as human beings we get a little bit scared and distrustful of the other and it's it's. I think I think we're kind of this sort of potentially at this epoch where the world is getting much smaller and then down mostly to to the internet and and um cheap travel and and i think it's difficult for people to to accept but what worries me is we worry about the people coming to live next door to us mm-hmm. what we don't worry about is the amount of power that non-governmental organizations are starting to accrue for themselves I look at the Gorka case mm-hmm. and I start to worry about the power that very rich individuals are asserting 
without having to use governments as levers because in the past they've had to use governments as levers for power but they these large organizations no longer seem to need governments to act as their levers to exert power over yeah people i think um yes you did really really adequately explain how nigel farage can be so influential Mm. but at the same time the reason people are scared in one way is that everything is changing Mm. is that um the world in a lot of ways is progressing Mm -hmm. at a breakneck speed it's making people feel nervous Mm -hmm. to the like so the left we largely think of the left as progressive yeah i don't well that's the word we use it suggests it no, suggests the word you... an ability to embrace it suggests an ability mm. to ability to embrace that sort of positive change i don't know it's forward forward thinking yeah i, I yeah history being right. a rising path and all um well even if you don't use your catchphrases you fucking ca- that's your catchphrase you know wow. that's one of your catchphrases I'm not, I'm not allowed to make a political Have without a you without you th- this is why i voted for ukip it's because of people like <laughs> you telling me i'm stupid for saying things you didn't uh you didn't vote for UKIP. get them all out you didn't vote for ukip you voted for owen smith who you have described as an oily oh he's odious odious uh he's an odious fuck rag so um uh so you voted against someone who you've mm. described as the only hope we have for things to actually get better i think that's what you yeah, called him yeah that's exactly so, that's so you exactly you what i against. said but no but my, my basically the, the point I, I voted for at. darth vader against obi-wan kenobi is what i've done the the point the the point i'm getting at and mm. we are like way out of my depth really on all of this um is well that, that doesn't stop you talking me down does no. it no is because you're also way of <laughs> you're more in your no, depth on this stuff um is that um like we allow for we can come up with reasons why mm. we can come up with reasons why in this world where everything mm. is changing all the time someone like now you sound like a jim Henson song someone like nigel farage can slip in and take advantage mm. of stuff but then whenever we look for the left wing mm-hmm. uh, response to this changing world, mm. we go to um, we go to a wise old white guy who can't quite work out uh, how social media works, or his people can't quite quite work out how social media works. Um, who seems to keep. And it's not entirely his fault because the media is definitely working against him. So actually, I don't necessarily no buy. I don't necessarily buy <laughs> that this is all his, him and his people just being incompetent. Mm. People are working against him very much. The biggest mistake he he made was saying, "I'm going to do things differently," and the establishment, including me, going, "No, you're fucking not," because because this is how we've organised ourselves. But at the same time, he's still determined. Like he and he's still been very determined to do that within. Um within a structure in, in a way mm. that isn't I'm not saying that he should become tabloid friendly mm. because A that although that is clearly one effective mm. way of amassing popular support um, it's also very much something that works better when you're appealing to people's hate and fear and the tabloid side of things is already pretty sewn up by the right like well to be fair I, it's the left it's the left that generated the world 
we live in now. Well, Cause, sure. Because it was, um, I it, mean, was, it, was I, um, it was the the period of Blair that that created the spin era. He's not really left, is, though, is he, Blair? Which he, which he's. Mm, mm. But, but my, but my, so my, um, yeah, Blair's not really left. I, I think, I think we can, I think we can say that they had the label on them, but they mm. weren't necessarily. Um, yeah, so things have so the tabloid thing couldn't possibly work. Mm. Playing the tabloids game couldn't possibly mm-hmm. work. But at the same time, like just turning up at Prime Minister's Question Time and insisting that everyone be polite, mm. like wasn't going to work as the whole game mm. plan either. When you're also like you're also not necessarily bothering to mm-hmm. appeal to a lot of the people who might be desperate to vote for you mm. when like a lot of your politics still looks like the same old politics in a lot of ways he's still very you know what i mean it's it's still it i, I just i don't know anyway uh, one, I, um, one thing I, I i've come to to realize is no one's got a fucking clue there's no real there's no we you hear people talk about strategy what is the strategy for us What's the strategy for mankind? For oh, for mankind. What? What's the strategy? There isn't. We're all fucking stumbling around like newly born moles. I think. I think, from our perspective, as mm. broadly progressive, in both of our cases, broadly mm. speaking, left-wing people, it's mm. reassuring to say that. But I think things are working pretty on track for the right, like the whole. The whole situation we find ourselves in what, right what, now what is, is, is a, like, exactly on a pretty long what, game plan. What What is their strategy? Total war? I mean... No, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's uh, making sure the world that they want works out for the people that they want it to. I think that's, that's pretty on track, isn't it? The only person who seems to have really lost out on that particular side of things is Cameron. He's the I only guess, person yeah. who it didn't really turn out yeah, no, that's planned true. for. Global capitalism is going really fucking well. That's but the assumption is that everyone wants a utopia. The assumption yeah, is that course, everyone's yeah. thinking about what's mm. best for the whole world, and that's mm. just bullshit. Yeah, I don't think that's even true mm. of the people who keep talking about that, like on anything other than a sort of a, a philosophical level. I don't well, necessarily I, think that's true. I, so I want a utopia as long as, like you know, the starship captains are still white. You know, I mean that's yeah. I mean, because obviously we're all we all we all definitely 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 want this utopian future, but we'll we'll get mm. started on that in our fifties, won't we? Yeah, really. Yeah, I'm you know it, we'll become more active in our fifties. Yeah, I'm putting it off. I'm once it's once uh, there once the there's actually it's actually worth becoming a school governor because it'll actually have some impact on on Noah's. Uh, future and the mm. future of kids at the school maybe I'll get involved at that point I don't know it's a while off so I don't really need to worry about it too at much the, um, at the point that Scarlett um, we applied for her school I didn't really know very much about schools um, and we selected her school because I knew the then deputy head and I liked her and I liked the ethos she had she since left and retired and we have an increasing number of Misgivings. One around a friend of Scarlett's where we think that um, the school let the individual down very much given a recent diagnosis they've received. Mm. I didn't realise at the point Scarlett went into it that 
academy schools have no parent governors mm. there is no accountability whatsoever to parents by our school the staff retention is woeful the communication to parents has got increasingly troublesome and i was saying to them well who's the parent governor we should and i didn't realize until that point actually that's really important there is no way for parents to vent their frustration or their or to ask questions at all in that setup uh, we had a an off there was an offstead um visit today and nikki got an email and they, we actually had a chance to leave some feedback and i think we we highlighted some of the issues that we have but it's a really weird i didn't realize how weird academies were they're just these little businesses that have no accountability to anyone yeah. It's fucking odd, and I'm, I, I really, I've got actually got regrets about the school we send her to. She's happy enough, but I have misgivings with it. We have to, uh, fucking hell, it's like something like forty-two minutes in, and and we've accidentally went gone on point. Yeah, with sorry. What the podcast is supposed to be about? Sorry. Um, we had to. Amy's had to actually apply. Well, it's for January, but mm. has actually had to apply for Noah Noah schools. Yep. That's definitely a thing you have to do. And we live in a we live in an area where the school a lot of people have moved there because of the schools because it's got quite a good reputation. Um and it's a couple of the schools that have a good reputation, but if he doesn't get in, the other schools around there don't have as good reputations. So we might have moved to a geographic. I'm sure that strategically speaking you'd be better off moving to an area that has a bunch of all right schools rather than that has one really good school and then you don't really know about the others. Uh, before we get on further on to point, because we should really talk about this, uh, because it was Noah's first week at preschool last week. Um, you know how you're quite good at puns? No, I'm not. And other, and other people we know online, mm-hmm. like Steve, uh, Steve uh, is quite good at puns. Mm-hmm. And I've always had a bit of trouble with wordplay. Mm-hmm. doesn't really... Uh, I'm not autistic, but I do have a bit of trouble with wordplay. I don't think it's connected. I don't think those two things are connected. But I sometimes don't really. I, I like using words. I'm not. I'm not great at that sort of thing. But so. But I just want to. I want us to have a little conversation. I'll try and cut it in to the mm. uh, to the uh, to the, the the stuff earlier on because I want to. I want to start coming across a bit more professional. Okay. okay. Or a bit more. Just a bit more witty and cool because cool. you end up sounding better. like a dickhead this week by a long shot. Sometimes. Mm. But I mean. Um, so. So, like your father-in-law, he mm. was he did the campaigning. Mm-hmm. You had the bus. Sounds like a pretty nice bus. Glam painting, more like. So it was a car. So it I was thought you Ford, said it was a big bus. It was a Ford Mondeo. Was it a nice car? A Ford Mondeo's nice cars. I'm not a very good man. No, or it might have been a Ford Sierra. Did they when they were doing the campaign? Did they stay in motels or in hotels? No, because it was only local. Fucking hell. When they do the campaigning, all yeah. these big politicians, yeah. I bet some of them stay in little hostels, but I bet most of them Host- stay in fucking hostels. hotels, Ho- don't they? Like yeah. nice four, five-star hotels. Well, Glampaining, more like. Glampaining. It's good. Right. And um, and <laughs> I think you were talking about... Uh, I'm going to cut that in. And I think good. you were talking about um, Tony Blair. Well... And his and his uh, his period in office was his administration. Almost. 
I almost spoke about it. Was his administration. Yeah. And, uh, and the thing I mainly remember mm. about uh, that period and us yeah. going to war and it being a, 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 a lie, all on a lie, and mm. people were very upset, was mm. that it was more like a sad administration. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was sad. See, that's why. Did you notice me writing those down when yeah. I thought of them? I thought of them about thirty seconds after the point when they would have been good. I'm sure the family of Dr. David Kelly were very sad. Yeah, sad administration. Sad administration. They probably all said, "Sad administration." More like. Yeah. Um. So, Noah had his first week at preschool last week. How did that go? It was really good. It's weird because his his toilet training is got really bad again okay. he was doing really well and, mm. and that's got really bad it's like it's like he figured yeah nailed that first first mm. couple of weeks nailed it yeah. can't be bothered anymore right. there seems to be some level of anxiety there but the problem is he's also at a point when he's kind of telling stories a little bit and I hesitate to say outright lying but sometimes you'll ask him a question and he'll like there's clearly more going on than him just remembering stuff and mm. saying stuff so there are certain things being conflated and stuff so we can't quite get to the bottom of why mm-hmm. it's happening but so there's that and and uh, that was poorly timed because it started happening about a week or two before preschool Although i don't think it was related mm-hmm. um it was a bit you made me think of it a little bit when you were talking about academies because um and like communication with parents mm-hmm. because he started in an afternoon session and the and Amy was a bit nonplussed she came and fetched me at work um, because I stayed in the car with Max while she sure. t- took Noah in and made sure he was settled and everything and the session goes through the day but you can there's a morning session an afternoon session and she went in and we'd been to like we'd taken him around there and spent a couple of hours like mm. an hour there before and, and stuff like that and that was all really good Um. And it's a really nice setup, and we trusted the people there, um, or we liked them anyway. And but she came back to the car, and she was like, "Well, it's a bit weird because I just I kind of just walked in with him, and there wasn't really anyone there who seemed to know that he was starting. Mm-hmm. It's a staggered start; they don't start all the kids at once, uh, which is like a deliberate choice they made. Yeah. I guess that they have time with each one. She was like, and no one really seemed to." I just had to go around until I found someone I recognised from one of the open sessions. So I was leading him around the kids, the other kids. I think Noah was... She didn't say this. I think Noah was fine. I think he just... It was all new to him anyway, yeah. so he didn't really care. But Amy was quite anxious because she was like, mm-hmm. oh, I just don't know. It's her first time leaving him with someone that she didn't know yeah. for the first time since the childminder, and that was a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so there was no transition provided for her. It was very, mm. very strange. And I get that it's a working environment and it's all quite busy, but, like, one of their main things is making sure families... Oh, like, no, I, I, schools do not seem to give a shit about parents. It's... And, I mean, and, you know, there's a way of saying that that sounds, that sounds almost like we're taking the piss out of parents for wanting mm. that, but it's like... You are leaving. You are leaving your child. The with most them. precious thing in your life. Yeah. It's not. It's not outrageous to expect a little bit of in communication back the other way. It, it was very weird, and a lot seemed to be. Uh, it felt like she didn't feel that it was unsafe. 
that wasn't her concern, but it seemed like a lot was left to chance. We get more feedback from the fucking woman that we used to leave the cat with when we went on holiday than we do the school. Can't shut those fuckers up normally. She was great. The, we, leave, we, leave, we leave the cat with Jane and Steve now. We also get lots of feedback from them. Yeah. Okay, good. Do they write a report? Yeah, send pictures and stuff. The, um, the, the, I mean, we're very happy now. And like, so I took a couple of days off um, on Thursday and Friday because Amy was going back to work. So I took uh, Noah down to the preschool. And I had a completely different experience taking him there in the morning. It, it was lovely. And actually, they were very, um, I was a little bit, I, I was a little bit late from when we'd hoped for me to go there, but they seemed to build in quite a lot of, like, a buffer. So there were lots of parents just turning up when I was. Buffer the vampire slayer. Buffer, yeah, see, just don't. That's just... <laughs> I might as well not even fucking bother. That's the best visual gag you've ever done on the podcast. <laughs> um, that was my notebook. He uh, threw it. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, and I took him there, and they and there was because they were greeting all of the kids mm. that were turning up then, and and by then they knew him, which was the other thing. Like mm. they instantly sort of said hello to him. He didn't even look back. I think he loves it. Um, we do have the slightly awkward situation we're having to deal with at home, where Max has a cold, so he's a grumpy little so and so, and um, but still adorable, and Noah. Who they both usually have naps when they're at home with us, mm. but he doesn't have a nap when he's at the preschool. So he's overstimulated from being at the preschool, mm. and then he's knackered when he gets home. See, so he's I, just thumping Max all the time. In and my stuff very like early time at school, I remember naps at school. Schools don't do naps anymore, and no. I think that's a problem as well. Why isn't there a nice place they can go with cushions? Cushions. Cushions. The other thing. Um, I think it was until we were five. The other thing, because of course I have to bring it bring it back round to me is he did he did do this uh he because i do i do bedtimes normally i do bedtime with noah and amy takes max mm-hmm. and 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 puts him to bed um and so sometimes we'll have a little chat as well while we're reading a story mm-hmm. and i think i think this was when he he said it but he'll he'll be working through stuff and it'll be like he'll have had a really full day mm. but um, when he gets in, he just wants to sit there, read his newspaper, yeah. have his tea, and smoke his pipe. That's yeah. all. And it's not unreasonable to let him do that. No, but obviously, this is at the point of the day when he's just starting to to go over things, yeah. and he's clearly had a lovely day. But he just said, like, uh, just, and he didn't seem sad about it at all. He just said, um, the people weren't talking to me, mm. like, um, and I, I can't remember his exact wording, but it just it suggested to me. It suggested to me that he was um, he was trying to talk to... The mm-hmm. way I interpreted it was, yeah. at one point, he was trying to talk to some other children or to someone, and they just didn't, like, yeah. hear him or they didn't register or something. But that was the one thing, because he chose to say that, mm. I then started asking him questions. And I'm conscious enough of my own shit mm. to try my hardest... Well, you say that, Nick. Well, I think I am. To try my hardest to not put too much of an emphasis on it but I was just trying to like probe him a little bit about it and mm. because in my head I was thinking 
fucking hell, he's turned up there and he just can't, mm. he's not making any friends. And people, the kids, the kids all already have their other friends, so they're just ignoring him and, and all of this stuff. I was mm. loading so much stuff oh, yeah, on this yeah. three year old, yeah. like this, this one thing this three year old said. And the other thing is, the, our, our, um, I don't know how long it will last, but certainly for the first few days, the preschool have, and uh, fair play to them, there are clearly like individuals there doing this at 11 o'clock at night, putting, um, there's a, there's a computer system, that uh, that Amy gets notifications from with photos of him and telling telling you things he's done like he was uh, oh, that's good. working on the computers and stuff like that so that's mm. really nice but I don't think we got it until really late on the first day so Amy had most of the first mm. day feeling a bit Jesus. weird um, and and all that stuff's really nice but the stuff that I'm worried about of course they can't put in there because they can't mm. post pictures of other people's kids they could maybe tell you that he's hanging out with these other children mm. but that's the stuff the stuff I, I'm not worried about him being intelligent enough his uh, imagination or anything like that working I'm worried about his socialising and it, it's, it's taken me until my daughter's sixth birthday party for me to actually chill out a bit about the social group she's part of because we had a oh sorry we had a uh, party around our house where it was just her friends mm-hmm. and I got to see them interact with each other and it was like, oh no she's in with a good group of friends and they all really like each other it's good yeah. but but yeah they, I, I'm still scarred by the the night that Scarlett was crying uncontrollably because she was worried that when she got older she wouldn't know how to do her computer work yeah, that's stressful. Yeah, it's but, more, I guess, more stressful than like the metaphor, like the why do we have to die? That I can handle. It's the 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 anxiety of the adult world that worries me. Yeah, me. and I think, uh, but even then, it's 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 really difficult to it's really difficult to separate from that the fact mm. that because they're so intelligent and so switched on some of the time, it's difficult to separate out that this isn't. This isn't failing her A levels level angst. Mm. This is at that particular point mm. in time. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, was acting on all also, of the other stuff that was going on. Nicola's very good, so I have to be very careful because anxiety is a massive yeah. driver in my life, and I have to be very careful not to allow my anxieties to drive how I'm responding to to Scarlett. You know that that. It's a weird feeling when you're sat there and you want to punch a five-year-old because they've been mean to your daughter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and the thing is, kids I know, are I know, fucking brutal. I know and kids are going to be brutal to your kids at school. You know, I know that stuff's around the corner as well. Mm. Um, also, Max bumped his head really badly, and Amy took him to A and E, but he was okay. Any social service visits or no? No, he like literally. I'll call them he later, Noah was in the bath. Mm. Max was running to get to the to get to the bathroom and just mm. like went straight into a door frame he's got this line still it's on his head and well the bump came, uh, the bump I shouldn't right even up. joke about shit like that yeah, that's um, okay. I mean we're back to the whole thing about like yeah. the, the, the fact that I'm still not sure to what extent it's okay to there are certain professions it's okay to make mm. jokes about and I'm not sure which ones the um there two things happened today. Oh god, I thought you were going to cap. What? I really thought you were going to end that sentence about what prostitutes are at more danger of than anyone else. Men. That you were. Oh, you venereal diseases. Venereal diseases. Probably statistically, still getting run over by a bus. Well, no, it's probably the same same thing that's a danger to all women, isn't it? The Louis C.K. routine isn't the second um, the second second biggest killer of women under sixty after cancer in the U.S. is men. Probably. Probably, yeah, so, that yeah, sounds about right. Same thing. Um, if you're going to go elsewhere, I'm going to tell you that Scarlett's joined the uh, joined the Beavers. <gasps> the Beavers, I saw. Mm. Uh, nice Beavers. Yep. 
That, is that what they're called, the nice beavers? Yeah, that's what they're called. They're called the nice beavers in brackets. Yeah, we mean women's pussies. <laughs> Close brackets. Fair play. Fucking hell. That's a result. You've, no, the amount... Oh, they're not really. The amount of cognitive disassociation I'm having to do, but I'm really deli- delighted for you being in the beavers and not sniggering, not even looking like I'm going to laugh. It's difficult. Yeah, she liked it. She just, uh, yeah, she's she's going, so it's good. Uh, you know, she's joining a pseudo-military organisation. I can't think of anything to, I would le- yeah. less like to do when I was that age. Yeah, to teach her how to be a better citizen. So, uh, two things rough, two things roughly coincided today okay uh no over the last two days one thing was Look, uh, you said this was just going to be a short one it, well i did did i say that about this week yeah well we i mean we're, we're finishing um i posted uh, i will post in the show notes for this there was uh, an interview that i don't know why facebook something i think facebook threw it up to me because of something else i was reading but it was an interview from a few years ago paddy concert considine constantine paddy constantine Considine. I don't think it's Constantine. All right. You're getting mixed up with my surname. Yeah. Um, which, which was basically about him uh, uh, processing, as- like being having Asperger's. Okay. So I was reading that, and just like all of the all of the other articles that are a mm. similar account, so I was reading it, going, "This is, but this is exactly." This is. I mean, maybe I'd feel the same if I was reading something about mm. someone who had borderline personality disorder or whatever. Maybe this is just how yeah. I feel when I read stuff about like uh, well-written accounts or, or mm. uh, insightful things about mental health stuff. But I was reading it and thinking, but well, this is like exactly. Um, he, there. I mean, it's an it's an interview that covers other things, but there are a couple of sentences in there that were like uh, specifically mm. how it is possible for someone to get into their adult life. Mm and not be, like, outwardly negatively mm. affected by this just because they figure, well, it's just normal teenage stuff, isn't yeah. it? I'll just get, he refers yeah. to it as Christi- a Christian sort of mm-hmm. ethic or whatever. Yeah. But it's just like, well, I mean, all teenagers, I just feel like all teenagers yeah. feel, like, detached, don't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... So, um, so I'll put I that think, in the show I think that's true for other types of mental health I think, mental so, as, health I think as well, so as well, actually. but it's as much... I think there's a detachment mm. to it. And it, and just having any sort of mental yeah. health thing immediately detaches you from the herd anyway. So it's sort of... Um, so, of course, there's going to be a sense of detachment anyway yeah. because people just want you to be happy all the fucking time. You know... So... Yeah. Sorry, go on. But also, uh, I got an email... Because I've totally um, the person who did my evaluation. I was supposed yeah. to check over their report and okay. say if there was anything factually oh, incorrect wow. in there, and I haven't because I'm like, well, it's just at mm. this point. At this point, I'm just not engaging with that evaluation. What you should do, you should reply to him. Here, read it, and he goes, "Oh, actually, I should write yeah. it seven thousand yeah, reply." Once he's got an email from you, we'd be like, "Oh, fuck, yeah, no, sorry, yeah, I reverse my opinion." But so I'm, I so I'm, I'm you're like, Asperger's as fuck. That's that's sitting in my that's sitting in my email, and it's my, I'm looking at it, thinking, mm. "Well, I just there is far too much." But the truth is, mm. part of my problem is. I looked at the report when I was in the 9-11 truth is. Yeah. Uh, my 9-11 truth is, I looked at the... Because I was thinking about it on 9-11, actually. Um, Lest we forget. Is I was uh, looking at it, um, at the report on the day, and saying, well, part of the problem here is, everything, you'll say, everything you say in the report is literally stuff that I said to you. Like... Yeah. 
So, no, there isn't anything factually incorrect in there. I would just choose to interpret it wildly differently than yeah, you do. Yeah. And there's not really anything. I mean, there's really no value to that, to telling someone whose job it is to look at it in a certain way. <laughs> yeah, for someone who's studied as many years as he surely has to come to that conclusion. I think, yeah, probably. You, where's the, where's the yeah. value? And, and the thing, and not for the first time since I entered into this process, I thought mm. about the... Um, I don't know if it was called I See Your Value Now, but it was, uh, it was a piece Jay Edidin, uh wrote a, a long while ago about community, about the character Abedin community. Yes. And, um, and the, the thing I didn't understand at the time, the one thing about it, everything mm. else I recognized completely, the one thing about it I didn't understand at the time was – that that they in agreement with and I think I think I've worked out that part of this is is mm. because they were already with they're already in the mental health system mm. uh with their therapist they decided that uh in collaboration with the therapist that um they were probably high on the spectrum they were probably autistic but that there wasn't any point seeking a mm-hmm. an actual diagnosis because that can be stressful and difficult yeah. and they uh, and between them they decided that's what they were sure so um so actually anything that they would do with a diagnosis it wouldn't impact on anything they're doing they work for themselves anyway and stuff like that but at the time for me the thing i didn't understand was well why wouldn't you want recognition for for me a big part of what drives my anxiety is Mm -hmm. the idea that i might not be understood that there is something i could do that people would understand what i'm getting Mm -hmm. at um which is why i send those long those long emails and i Mm. over explain everything is because i'm trying to make sure people don't misunderstand Mm. me because that's what drives my anxiety and in the act of trying to explain yourself you end up giving people often a a completely different absolutely impression of the point you're trying to make um and it's it's one of the few it's one of the nearest things i've got to a proper compulsion i find Mm. it really difficult not to Mm. do that and so for me, the idea that you wouldn't get as many people mm. to tell you that, yes, this is what you are, um, as possible. Mm. But, of course, they got the validation. Any validation they needed from mm. that was was attained by them intellectually realizing that's probably what they were mm-hmm. and having a mental health professional tell them, yeah, actually. And it doesn't matter. I'm starting to understand you don't necessarily need the label for that. Mm. To, um, Although it, it helps. I mean, when yeah. my doctor, I sat there and she went, yeah, your totes cray cray. I'm like, well, I feel a little bit. It's, it, it, it was a step on the road to better understanding how to live with my condition sure yeah so I mean, it's important that, to me and that definitely and there are certain conditions that that almost mm. definitely helps um in this case what i've found is that i've and to be fair to her amy amy suggested this might happen and mm. was it was why she was a bit worried one of the reasons she was a bit worried about me going for it yeah is it shuts down an awful lot so like if we're honest between you and me mm. and Amy and a lot of the people who know me, we were kind of quite comfortable with joking that I was probably quite high on the spectrum oh, you're totally before all this. Yeah. Um, but now there's actually a piece of paper mm. and someone spent a lot of time with me, like a couple of, a couple of hours with yeah. me, and then spent a lot of time with mm. the details uh, and has formally decided that, no, I'm not, well, which has actually shut down a whole area of sort of... Nick, 
both myself and listener have spent more than just two hours with you on this podcast and not today but uh, i'm sure we've all come to our own opinion yes you are fucking cray cray why do you keep are you trying to i don't know it amuses me cray cray doesn't it i like it it amuses me tickles me totes cray cray i like uh, i like the people called taylor swift suete as well Uh, i just like how that sounds suete yeah i like how that sounds in my mouth so uh, anyway you can listen to all of our previous episodes at twogrownmen.net mm. uh, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice yeah are we, go, are we going there because my ears are so sweaty they actually it's really feel hot fluid here, isn't it? My, I feel like my ears are fluid it's hotter than balls it and is. my balls are hotter than they normally are Ed so balls um, and uh, patreon.com forward slash TOTP uh, do the uh, I the promise they'll be a new Scarlet thing. and James very soon I'm sorry it's coming tell them about the Just Giving page uh, just giving uh, just giving uh, dot com forward slash is it WHI WHI I think it's WHI uh, yeah, and it's um, you can find details there of the upcoming Twitter comic 24 hour Twitter comic and podathon that we'll be doing you can lipt us doesn't make didn't manage to make yeah. the next bit work uh, thank you listener thank you James thanks Nick bye bye thanks listener bye it's hotter than fucking balls it is hotter than the Ed Balls mm-hmm.